0: 2016 this is the hermetic hour I'm your host Polk Runyon and tonight we are having a discussion on the noted British 19th century occultist spiritualist and magician Frederick Hockley born 1809 and died 1885 he was the mentor of Francis Thamagus Barrett and Kenneth the Cypher Manuscript Mackenzie. Hockley was an ardent Freemason and a Rosicrucian with genuine Rosicrucian connections and documents. He was a collector and a transcriber of occult manuscripts, and several of his once-rare treasures are being reissued today. We will read Hockley's account of Raising the Devil, a homonunculus in a bottle, from The Rosicrucian Seer by John Hamill. And then we will discuss our own attempt to replicate this operation. We will discuss Hockley's influence on the Golden Dawn and the occult revival. So, if you'd like to raise the devil with old Fred Hockley, tune in and we'll get it on. Now, the main uh, the main book that we're using um, for reference tonight is... The Rosicrucian Seer, subtitled The Magical Writings of Frederick Hockley, edited by John Hamill. And this was part of the Aquarian, uh, British publication, Aquarian Books, Roots of the Golden Dawn series. And my copy uh, was published in uh, 1986. I think they recently re released it. It's a very, very good book. And, and, uh, Ockley is going is having a revival these days there's a number of his of his uh hand transcribed magical manuscripts and, and, uh, and his uh his old books that he's uh, that he uh, either edited or or transcribed have been issued um and are available and he's going as i say going he's having some of a somewhat of a revival one of these books, which we'll discuss tonight, is a book of the office of spirits, and an occult virtue of plants and and uh, and and, uh, and uh, some magical charms and spells, and uh, this was supposedly from a manuscript uh, originally uh, written in uh, in 1583, and uh, but. Uh, Hockley transcribed it from a later copy uh, uh, from the uh, early 18th century, um, and uh, and then he also did a key of Solomon, uh, which is pre- which is presently available. He did beautiful calligraphy, and uh, uh, old Fred Hockley was a was a. a Quite a character. He he uh, he was a spiritualist, and and we'll discuss that uh, that movement a little bit. Uh, he was a spiritualist who was also an occultist and a uh, ceremonial magician. So uh, he he approached spiritualism uh, somewhat differently, and perhaps uh, at least later on more cautiously uh than uh some of the uh, spiritualists that uh, that uh, we're familiar with from uh you know from what we've uh, come to understand about them uh, spiritualism was a movement that got started in the in the uh well the early eighteen hundreds and actually started in america uh with uh with uh, a couple of girls called the fox sisters uh and and uh, what it spiritualism basically was was speaking uh, to the departed, uh, departed spirits, uh, and, and usually more recently departed spirits. Um, and and there was a, a lot of what we would now describe as poltergeist phenomenon associated with it. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, this <laughs> very quickly led to um, a lot of fraudulent activity uh you know uh, it, 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 these typical spiritualist seances that's what they call them seances that the uh the medium who was the the spiritualist to receive the spirits uh would go into a trance and uh and call on the spirit and they do these they they do it in a dark room maybe uh with a with a candle uh, on the table or something or other and what would happen would be uh, that the table would start to kind of float, and 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 uh, and, and or or they would uh, they would have a wrapping. They they would there would be a wrapping the spirit would wrap them into the table or something like this, and, and communicate. And then sometimes uh, uh, trumpets and, and objects would float around in the air, and and. Uh, and uh mysterious voices would uh, uh would come from actually they would come from behind curtains sometimes and and uh for people that were uh that were pretty adept at ventriloquism. Uh there was a lot of fraud involved in it very quickly on and uh it became of course became very popular and and it became an actual movement and a lot of people uh were very uh very impressed by it. And the uh it it, uh, it overlapped with with occultism. Uh and so some people that were that were uh Emma Britton, uh, uh the uh, uh we have an old copy of, of Art Magic. Uh, and the people that were involved in, their, in in the starting the Brotherhood of Luxor and, and that was uh, uh, active in America at the time and and uh, they were they were quite often involved in spiritualism um, so Fred Hockley was a he formed a bridge in, in England this was in Victorian London uh, He formed a bridge between the uh, between the spiritualists and the occultists and the magicians now. Uh, Crucian seer is actually a compilation of of Hockley's uh, papers, his, his writings, uh, and his correspondence uh, his correspondence with um, with Captain uh, uh, Captain Irwin. By the way, Hockley was also a Freemason, and and in fact, he was uh, for uh, over 20 years he was the secretary of of the Masonic Lodge, and there's a lot of work involved in that. And uh, and he was also a Rosicrucian, although he didn't attend very many Rosicrucian meetings, but he did publish in some of their, their magazines. And Hockley uh, had in his collection of manuscripts, he had a Rosicrucian charter that was written to a Dr. Backstrom and this charter was given to this Doctor Backstrom on the Isle of Mauritius in area uh, in the uh, 1700s by a uh, by a nobleman, not not Saint Germain, but, uh, but another uh, nobleman who was also a Rosicrucian. And this charter was apparently really genuine. Uh, and even Arthur Edward White, uh, was kind of skeptic. He he considered it to be genuine. And Hockley had 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 a copy of this this, and and Hockley had uh, this and other Oruscrician uh, documents, and uh, and he was uh, quite a, a, a you know a scholar of, of of these manuscripts. What he liked to do was collect uh or borrow old manuscripts and, and books and copy them. And he he uh, was a very good calligrapher and uh and he did beautiful beautiful magical sigils and um and uh,
1: uh,
0: so his books today that uh that that uh that version of the Key of Solomon that he that that's available um uh, uh, is is beautifully beautifully illustrated by some, by some his uh, his uh, calligraphy and his uh, and his sigils, and uh, these books, as, as I say, are are available. You can you can look them up, and uh, the so, so the the book uh, Resurrection Seer uh, has a quite a collection of letters uh from Hockley to uh to his friend uh and to his friend uh, uh I see. Uh, yeah, I believe it was I believe it was Major Major Irwin. Irwin uh started off in his military career as an enlisted man and, and, and managed to distinguish himself and and uh received a captaincy and and uh and uh and he was a retired military officer. Anyway, Irwin was one of the uh one of the uh uh, uh uh, adepts. Um And let's discuss a little bit about the Society Rosicrucia in Anglia and the SRIA, which was really the the matrix out of which the Golden Dawn arose. Now, the Golden Dawn. You know, remember Hockley passed on in 1885. The Golden Dawn was established in 1887. And the chartering document for the Golden Dawn was, of course, the Cipher Manuscript, and and the Cipher Manuscript uh, was, we are pretty uh, pretty sure, was well, well, the the work of uh, Kenneth Mackenzie, who was a student of Frederick Hockley. And so, uh, we, 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 a number of us assume, and I'm not putting—I don't want to put words in Bob Gilbert's mouth right now, but—but but I'm not sure if Bob Gilbert agrees with me on this—that Hockley was was had a direct connection with the cipher manuscript. But a lot of people do. I mean, and I—I I, I believe Hockley had a had a connection uh, with the cipher manuscript because Hockley had the Rosicrucian documents, and they all knew he did, and. uh Wedworth Little and these various people in the SRIA, including including Woodman, uh, who was one of the one of the three chiefs of the Golden Dawn, they they knew that uh, that uh, Frederick Hockley had the real stuff, as far as the Rosicrucians are concerned. And uh, so, uh, let's uh, right now uh, go to um, uh, my. I got a whole bunch of books here. Uh, Go to Secrets of the Golden Dawn Cipher Manuscript by myself and and Robert A. Gilbert. And uh, this, by the way, if you're gonna if you're gonna dig into the uh, the uh, uh, the the Golden Dawn Cipher Manuscript, uh, Bob Gilbert and my book is the best one to have. You know, it was the most complete and and. and the most thoroughly documented. Um, and uh, uh, this is what Westcott wrote in in uh, his history of the of, of, of the Golden Dawn. And ever since Westcott became involved with the SRIA, he had been hoping to discover such a document. That's a cypher manuscript. Wentworth Little, the founder of the Masonic Society of Rosicrucia in Anglia, and of course that's the, the Rosicrucian Society in England, claimed to have had such an ancient manuscript. <coughs> However, Kenneth Mackenzie, who had traveled and studied in Europe, stated that he had the authentic Rosicrucian degrees, and he pooh-poohed Little's claim. Writing about these assertions, Westcott stated in his 1910 History of the Society Rosicrucian in Anglia that Brother Little found these papers and used them. At the same time and with the object of reconstituting a Rosicrucian college in London. He availed himself of certain knowledge, which belonged to Brother Kenneth Mackenzie, who had, during his stay in Germany in earlier life, had been in communication with German adepts who claimed a descent from previous generations of Rosicrucians. German uh, adepts had admitted, had admitted him to some grades of their system, and had permitted him to attempt the formation of a of a group of Masonic students in England who, under a uh, Rosicrucian name, might form a, uh, an esoteric society. As many years after the fact as the above may be, it clearly identified McKenzie as having been a major player on the Masonic Rosicrucian stage. Kenneth McKenzie and his mentor, Frederick Hockley, who had died in 1885, had been the most formidable English occultists of their time. Hockley's collection of ancient manuscripts was awesome. He had known the mysterious alchemist Dr. Sigismund Backstrom, and 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 had been permitted to make copies of his manuscripts. Backstrom had an 18th-century Rosicrucian charter that even the arch-sceptic Arthur Edward Waite considered to have been genuine. A significant point here is that Backstrom's acceptance of women into the into into the Rosy Cross. Copies of this document and Backstrom's alchemical manuscripts were preserved in Hockley's archives. I don't know if they're still available because there's a lot of Hockley's archives that seem to have disappeared. Uh, It's not surprising that Hockley's brilliant protege, Kenneth McKenzie, had access to occult knowledge uh, from these privileged sources. Uh, That was was indeed unique and Westcott certainly knew this. Uh, Now, uh westcott wrote in in uh in his uh, history of uh, of uh um of uh, the uh, the his history of the golden dawn he said that that that, that uh, um, he said that 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 hockley, hockley was uh, was uh uh well, I'll read it here. Historical lecture by Frater Saperiotti, Premistrator of the Isis Urania Temple. By the way, the premistrator is is the head of the temple. Uh uh some people think the imperator is. No, the imperator is like the inspector general. The pre premistrator is the actual he's the top the top head. Some years have passed away since it was decided to revive the order of the G.D. in the outer and hermetic society whose members are taught the principles of occult science and the practice of the magic of Hermes. The decrease among the second half of the century of several eminent adepts and chiefs of the order, having caused a temporary dormant condition, prominent among these adepts were Elphus Levy, the greatest of modern of the modern French magi, Ragnon, the author of several classical books on occult subjects, Kenneth Mackenzie, author of the Masonic Encyclopedia, and Frederick Hockley. Famous for his crystal seeing and his manuscripts, these and other contemporary adepts received their knowledge and power from predecessors of equal, uh, of equal and of greater eminence, but of even more concealed existence. Westcott is being rather harsh there. So, uh, so Hockley was certainly involved in in uh in the cipher manuscript uh and and uh in fact um as you look through the cipher manuscript as you go through the study it you can you can see all the, the, the all the various sources that uh, uh that uh that Hockley may have may have certainly had a, a hand in um, now um what we are primarily concerned with here is at least I, as a magician and, and, and those of you uh, listening who are also aspiring or, or uh, uh, shall we say, nascent magicians, <laughs> what I'm concerned with is uh, what did he do and how did he do it? Well, uh, this this little book by, that Hamill put together is, has got a very, very nice uh, collection of articles on that. But let's talk about uh, a few of Hockley's uh, um, accomplishments. Um, one thing that that we have to mention is that he, like so many other magicians in, the, in those days, he used scryers. He didn't. He 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 just had a really hard time sitting there staring at the crystal and waiting for something to happen, and so he ended up he ended up employing or or uh getting uh friends to work for him. Usually ladies. He uh he uh, by the way he was married and, and when in his wife passed away and so like Houdini he spent a lot of time uh trying to contact her uh and on in in, in the spiritualist mode. Um and anyway uh he he employed these scryers, usually young women and uh they would they would quite often they would see see these messages written in the crystal and and uh they see these messages written and then they would uh they would actually transcribe they could they could uh, they they could write them down. They have a notebook and, and 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 look in the crystal and 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 then write down what they were what they were reading uh, in the crystal. This was quite often the way they did it. Uh, and uh, he had at one time Hockley had a a, a medieval monk. And this is one that Hamill has quite a quite a section on the medieval monk in here. Uh, this medieval monk that 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 appeared to not not one but two of of, of hockey and and was writing a whole book. They were transcribing a whole book written by this monk who had had been secretly practicing ceremonial magic and been caught by the inquisition burned at the stake. And, and, and he was, uh, uh, he was telling the story of his, of his tragic life and, and, and everything. And, uh, so there's part of that is, is here in, in the, in the book. But, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, read, read a little bit of his, uh, of his a couple of his papers here. Um, Hockley's evidence to the London Dialectical Society. Now, the Dialectical Society was, I think, the, the, the predecessor of the Spiritualist Society. But uh, So Hockley gave verbal, verbal effort, evidence to the London Dialectical Society Special Committee on Spiritualism on Tuesday 8, uh, June 1869. Printed... Uh, in the report of spiritualism published by um, by the Society in 1871. <clears throat> Mr. Hockley, the next witness, spoke as follows. I've been a spiritualist for 45 years, and I have had considerable experience. This is a crystal encircled with a silver ring, as, is, as, a, as a proper crystal should be. It was formerly the custom to engrave the four names of God in Hebrew on this ring. I knew a lady who was an admirable seeress and obtained some splendid answers by means of crystals. The person who has the power of seeing notices first a kind of mist in the center of the crystal, and then the message or answer appears in kind of a printed character. There was no hesitation, and she spoke it all off as as though she was reading a book. And as soon as she had uttered the words, she saw that they melted away and fresh ones took their place. I have 30 volumes containing upwards of 1,200 answers received this way, which I keep carefully under lock and key. A crystal, if properly used, should be dedicated to a spirit. And some time ago I was introduced, now this is where it gets really important, some time ago I was introduced to Lieutenant Burton, that's Francis. That's Francis Burton, the, uh, the, the explorer and adventurer, uh, not, not Richard Burton the actor. This is, this is Richard, uh, Richard Francis Burton. Uh, I was introduced to Lieutenant Burton by Earl, Earl Stanhope. And Burton wished to give me and wished me to give him a crystal with a spirit attached. I also gave him a black mirror as well. And he used that in the same manner as you would a crystal. You invoke the person whom you wish to appear, and the seer looks in and describes it all, and puts questions and receives answers. Lieutenant Burton was greatly pleased and went away. One day, my seeress called him into the mirror. She plainly recognized him, although dressed as an Arab and sunburnt, and described what he was doing. He was quarreling with a party of Bedouins in Arabia and speaking energetically to them in Arabic. An old man at last pulled out his dagger, and Lieutenant Burton pulled out his revolver and went up, rode a horseman, and separated them. A long time afterwards, she uh, came to me, and, uh, and I told him what, he, what she had seen, and read in the particulars. And he assured me it was correct in every particular, and attached his name to the account that I had written down at that time, and to certify that it was true. Now, let me say this about that. Unfortunately, we don't we that 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 and a lot of Hockley's evidence has disappeared. And uh, and however, I do have and Burton suggests suggested in the in his note, uh, which I have here on the next page. In his note, Burton said, uh, "Let's see." I quite recognize the correctness of this vision, the old gray man, the Negro-like boy, and the quarrel about the pipe. This is easily ascertained by a reference to my pilgrimage, signed Richard F. Burton. All right, now, we can check that because I happen to have on my bookshelf, I happen to have Burton's uh, uh, Burton's work uh, in his pilgrimage to Mecca. He uh, he uh, he made he, he made kind of a stupid mistake. He, he 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 went to Mecca disguised as a Persian merchant, a Shiite. Well, you can imagine you you you, you, you can pretty well tell why why he ended up having, having to having have a revolver because uh the, the, you know the uh, the Sunnis don't 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 care much for the for the Shia, so uh that wasn't wasn't the best choice of a cover story.
1: Anyway, um
0: so that was the Burden incident and although the actual thing with the signature has apparently disappeared, uh it's unfortunate that uh, that uh, a number of Hockley's uh um Hockley's treasures have have not survived. Now uh we um I, I want to mention a few more things about about Hockley and spiritualism, uh, and, and before we get into the uh, raising the devil exercise, um, Hockley did not believe in uh, in the effectiveness, or, or you know, he would not believe in the effectiveness of mesmerism. It, it he he did he. He didn't want to associate magic or spiritualism with with mesmerism, and that that was a very very unfortunate uh, problem that arose in those days, uh, and and uh, kind of hobbled and later hobbled the Golden Dawn because they 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 oh well we can't have anything to do with hypnotism. Well hypnotism has <laughs> ceremonial magic runs on hypnotism as most of us know and including including the work that Oxley was doing with the uh, with the crystals because he was invoking using ceremonial magic invocations with these spirits i mean he was he was doing uh, uh, not just spirits of the dead uh the departed but but Visago and 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 spirits that uh you know that we uh that we know and we're familiar with and and they, these involve hypnotic conjurations and and yet uh, he was in denial about this and and uh, one of the reasons why that was the case was that during that era and there were and spiritualism was popular. And, and that was in the the middle eighteen hundreds in London. French mesmerism was also popular as an occult sport, if you will. And uh, there were there were French mesmerists doing stage shows, and and uh, and uh, they were doing uh, private seances, and some of the things these people were doing were were frankly amazing, and 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 even even frightening, even scary, because uh, these mesmerists uh, had well they 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 had the power. This was uh, this was the age of, uh, of Sengali, you know that the, that was a that was a novel uh, uh, a novel that was popular at the time about the hypnotist who hypnotized Trilby, the uh, the girl and, and made her made her into his slave, uh, and uh, and they they could these people had the power to just about uh, just just wave their hand and, and paralyze you. They 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 did things on stage that that, that were amazing, and and uh, so occultists, British uh were were actually kind of frightened by this, and they were very they 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 they, they wanted to disavow any connection with it, and uh, so consequently the Golden Dawn and the OTO both uh, in um, made their their uh, their members uh, both bound them not to involve uh, in hypnotism and. Um, which is as i say is 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 kind of hobbled them because because uh hypnotism and 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 or mesmerism is is one of the is one of the the is one of the the cornerstone techniques of ceremonial magic and that of course we know that now but they they didn't realize that then and uh uh so um what I want to do now is discuss the uh, uh discuss uh this this raising the devil uh, uh thing here and this this uh, it's kind of it's a strange operation because it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a cross between magic spiritualism alchemy and uh and a little bit of just uh uh, a little bit of a little bit of uh, psychedelic help, I think. I don't know exactly what it was that that uh, that Fred was using here, but, but it must have been something. But anyway, I'll uh, uh, read the uh read "Raising the Devil" was first printed in the Spiritualist uh, uh, July 2nd, 1880, and reprinted in Theosophy's Lucifer, Volume 6, Number 31, on 15 March 1890. Now, see what you make of this. Uh, according to Hockley, I had been looking in the crystal one evening for a long time without having a vision. Before I left off, I asked the spirit of the crystal very earnestly when I could have a vision. For it was so very wearisome to look and to anticipate and then to be disappointed. This message immediately came to me. Procure a glass vessel a foot deep, flat inside, and six inches square. Fill it with water from a fish pond. Let the neck of the vessel be sufficiently large to admit your three fingers. Cut the middle finger of your left hand. And having put a strip of paper round the outside of the middle of the bottle, right with the the blood of the finger, you have cut this one name. It doesn't give us the name. Paste this strip of paper round the bottle and then insert the finger you have cut and two other fingers into the neck and from it into the water let a drop of blood flow. But if you do this, you will see and hear of that which will instruct you in spiritual knowledge and aid you in all that you desire appertaining to the world. Well, although I thought it could do no good, I did not desire anything evil, and I thought foolishly that I could uh, hear and see and know what they said without allowing them to influence me or without, uh, for one moment, surrendering myself to their possession. I would not do it again. It was not the power, but the knowledge that I sought. I was at the time in a house with a good many people in it, a rooming house probably, and fearing that someone might interrupt me, I locked the door. Before I began... I had been obliged to have the glass bottle made to the exact size, and I wrote the name on a vellum band and sealed it on. <clears throat> now this I placed on the table, and very soon, without any call, I used nothing more than the name on the bottle. And the water began to change to a thick ...dirty red liquid. And from there formed... ...as the water again became clearer... ...a spirit... ...more like an animal... ...than even a distorted human figure... ...in it had a tail... ...as long in proportion to its size... ...as that of the tail of a mouse... ...to the rest of the animal. And it had peculiarly shaped horns... It increased in size, so as to fill the entire bottle, the tips of its horns rising above the water in the neck of the bottle. And when I saw its head coming above the water, I thought I should be able to prevent its getting any larger by putting a stopper on the top, and I could find nothing to place over it uh, at the moment but a book from the mantelpiece. Then the instant that I stepped across for the book. The horns of the Spirit were visible to me above the bottle. Very quickly, you may imagine, I was back with the book. And I'm strong, and I am as strong as I believe as most men, and I can lift a couple of hundred weight. And now I had the occasion to put my strength forth, and I tried to press the book on the neck of the bottle with all my might, but I could not move it one inch. My hands and the book in them went up as easily as... Could have been lifted by, as uh, by, uh, could have been lifted the baby's hands. I grew desperate. I tore the band off the bottle. I used exorcism. There was no fire in the room, uh, and no no light, or I would have immediately burned the band. I could not tear it, and I had no means to destroy it. The spirit all the time was gradually getting out of the bottle. I could not think what to do. I took the bottle up, and I threw it down and broke it. The water, of course, ran all over the carpet, and I thought for a moment that I had got rid of the spirit, but I was mistaken, for from the water, as it lay on the floor, it rose again, much larger than before, and I went to the door, but I was afraid to open it, and then, in an instant, I thought he might be only visible to me and not to the others and that if I were with other people, he would disappear. Uh, I tried the door, but I couldn't open it. I forgot that I'd locked it. Again, I used the form of the dismissal and the exorcism, but it was no use. Having done this, I asked him what he wanted, and he asked me to test his power by naming anything I desired and said that if I found that he gave it to me and if I would promise him obedience, he would do the same in all other things. Oh I absolutely told him that I would not, and that I had and that had I known that he was evil and could escape from that bottle, I would not have called him up. And still he did not leave. And then I felt place to be insufferable, so oppressive, as to be almost suffocating, my eyes seemed to burn, I was getting giddy, and I and appeared to see instead of the one figure, a thousand of all shapes and sizes I still may still remained with my hand on the lock. The room became confused and dark for one instant only, and then all was light. The evil spirit was gone, and I noticed that every drop of water was gone from the surface of the carpet, and that on the white ground which surrounded the pattern was a single red spot. Although unnerved, whilst the spirit was present, I had not the, the, the least Uh, I had not the least so the moment it was gone, and on stooping to pick up the small pieces of the bottle, I observed round the red spot a circle containing words, and even then, by an impulse, I could not control, I was on all fours to know what these words were. Down on my knees, I deciphered with much difficulty returns blood which is too white for sacrifice. The red spot rose above the carpet, the words disappeared, and there only remained a, a little piece of cold, concealed blood. This I removed. In the adjoining room I burnt the band which had been round the bottle, threw away the pieces of the bottle, and determined uh, to be more cautious. In the future, well, of course, several questions arise in this. Um, the main question was, what was Fred on before he did this? <laughs> because this really, you know, uh, in the first place, it's it, it's it's it, it, it's it's speeding up the whole homonculus process uh, incredibly. Because you know with the homonucleus you 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 uh, use the blood and, and and the effluvium and whatever else, uh, and then you put him in a bottle and you bury him under a manure pile for for forty four days, and uh, and boy, I'll tell you, this 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 really speeds it up. But uh, so um, whatever the agent was, I I don't know. I mean, as I say, it could have been in those days uh the the cultists uh, in fact even some of Hockley's friends they experimented with laudanum and and ether and, and you know who knows but whatever it was it must have been something. And uh, anyway I wondered he couldn't help but wonder if this this method might have had might might have some kind of uh uh, a practical application and uh, the idea of, of a glass of a glass full of uh, you know called swamp water or, or fish tank water uh, I could certainly do that we have a we have a, a pond out right right present right outside of the door in Rivendell. Uh, and of course, it's full of frogs, not uh which well that that gives it a little organic uh substance. so I got myself some pond water and and i got a and i got a square uh glass vase. uh i guess you're gonna call it a vase because it was only s six ninety five or seven- seven ninety five and i think i think it has to be over fifty dollars before you can call it a vase. If it's under fifty dollars, it has to be a vase. So I got this square vase, uh, uh, which you can see. Those of you who are associate members, you go on the website. we gonna we have a picture of 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 the um, vase with uh, you know what I did when I decided to use uh, 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 Carnesio one of the first uh, one of the kings of the east from the city of Goisha and and uh, he has a he has about eight dukes under him and so his sigil is on the top and then there's eight dukes under him now of course i have the uh, photo staff from the british museum on that but uh joe peterson's uh got it arranged in a in a, in a, a little more convenient manner so i i i photocopied Joe, uh, Joe Peterson's book and cut this, pasted it on the back side of the, or taped it on the back side of the base so you could see through the water, and you could see the carnicial sigil. And before pasting it on, I pricked my finger and put a little drop of blood on the carnicial sigil, and, and then puts, of course, uh, uh, re- reserves some more blood for the, for the, the swamp water. And uh, and then, then uh, because the Theurgy of Goetia is, uh says basically you do it the same way as the Omegaton. So I set this uh, uh, on uh, I set it on the triangle. Now right now uh, we have a picture of of, uh, of the vase sitting on an antique uh, an antique spirit board that you can see in the picture on the, the latest tidings I sent it out to all of you guys on your Facebook uh pages um and uh you can see this 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 old spirit board we have uh inlaid spirit board that that's that's from the period probably is it probably is as old as, as as Fred Hockley was when he died this board is definitely over 100 years old and uh and we have the the glass uh uh, what the medieval people called a glass receptacle—that's what they referred to this technique as. This is the this is the glass receptacle, and uh, and you can look through the, look through the uh, this 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 rather square glass, filled with water, little tank, and then see the sigil through it. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to try to any kind of any, any kind of uh, kicker like like Fred must have had. But so what I did instead of that it was I used the shaman's drum. So I sat down. I sat down. Uh, 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 I've got the you know opened the temple and, and, and got everything all set up and got in the circle. And after doing a pentagram ritual and a septagram ritual and Sephira flaming in the east, and I've got it. I've got the. um, the The model the sitting there, and I sat down with the shaman's drum and and started conjuring and I'm doing the staccato beat with the shaman's drum at the same time and that that of course, uh, if you keep that up for ten minutes that that, that will most shamans, you know Siberian shamans, they get started with amanita, but after, but after you know the first time around, they, they, they you know, uh, the, the staccato beat on the drum is all is all they need. So I figured, well, you know, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, i in sort of the same situation as the Siberian shamans, and so I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll use the drum. So, so I started drumming and 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 conjuring garneceo and and staring at the and. Uh, and I I, added, I put a little blood meal on the top of it to kind of kind of fog up the water a little bit, and it, it, it did. And I thought, well, you know, what's going to happen here? Maybe we'll see. Well, what I didn't do, though, and I should have, I should have, when I finally got to the point with the drumming where I was starting to get into an altered state, that's when I should have my eyes. Stop drumming. Close my eyes and, and and welcomed Carnesio. That's what I should have done. I didn't do it because Hockley didn't close his eyes. So I thought, Well, I won't close my eyes. I'll just I'll just keep this up and see if I can get some kind of a visual. Well, that was a technical mistake. I, so, but anyway, so I didn't get a visual, but at least I got a presence, and at least I got a presence in Carnesio told me I could have uh, one of his dukes uh you know he assigned one of his dukes to me and and I could look down all these dukes I got eight of them here you know and you can see if you look in the if you look at the picture and the you can see all those uh, that bunch of dukes underneath current also i I got my duke and I, and and uh and uh, I could use him for future for future reference. And so I, so we we did have some, you know, and you could say we had some success out of it, but but not anywhere nearer the way Hockley it you be know, like Hockley described it. However, um, you know, in, in uh it is it is a, a, an interesting technique and one of the things I noticed after um after I closed the temple, uh we have a black light projector up up over the uh, over the proscenium arch in the temple, shining down on on uh, the circle and, and on the magical on the triangle and all of that. So uh, that black light. And this is I closed the temple. I now they did a closing uh, pentagram and a closing septagram and everything, in and then I noticed that the glass was glowing. The ultraviolet light was picking up that organic, whatever organic matter was in the swamp water, and it was turning it kind of into a phosphorescent fog. So I sat down again on my on my stool. I sat down and I and I had about ten minutes of watching some very interesting. Swirling shapes and, and looked like faces and things like that in that in that uh, uh, that glass receptacle, and so that was that was an interesting experience too, and uh, and so all in all I, I I think that it that it was a, a, a an interesting experience, and I think that we can use the glass receptacle perhaps for you know for other uh, uh, for other purposes uh so that was that that adventure anyway um i'm going to talk about one of one of uh, um, fred hockley's uh little treasures that uh, is recently, or presently available and this is a book of the office of spirits i think i mentioned this before and it was originally uh, written uh Apparently, or at least you know, allegedly, and here again, we, uh, you know, a lot of these these things that, that Hockley transcribed are no longer available in the original. Uh, and it says here on the title page, "A Book of the Office of Spirits, the Occult Virtue of Plants, and Some Rare Magical Charms and Spells, Transcribed by Frederick Hockley from a 16th Century Manuscript on Magic and Necromancy by John Porter, Edited and." With an introduction by Colin uh, D. Campbell in and Stephen Press, 2011, and uh, this is a fascinating little book. Um, it, if it really is, as I said, it it it, it actually, uh, Hockley didn't 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 transcribe it from from the John Porter's original. He transcribed it from Ebenezer Sibley's uh, copy of of, uh, John Porter's original. So we really don't know. And and Ebenezer Sibley's copy was 1749. Now, uh, if this is, in fact, as old as, as, um, as the John Porter citation would indicate, if it is that old, it will kick back the the uh, age of the lamegaton considerably. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is is that uh, there's a lot of similarities between between this and, and the spirits and the lamegaton. And and uh, the Ars Notoria is mentioned in here, and that of course is one of the oldest books in the Lamegaton, And uh, you know. For those of you who don't realize this, Lamegaton is not one book. It's it is actually a compendium. It's a compendium of five books. It was the Le is actually was a magician's library. And and uh, the earliest copies of it that we have, uh, manuscript copies of it that we have, don't date they don't date much much uh, earlier than than the late 1600s um and um, so this would this would actually if if it this would tend to to push that material back, back quite a bit earlier
1: um
0: but this is a nice little book as well it, it's it's uh, it's it's nice uh, um uh black with gold stamp on the on the cover and and uh, uh and of course, it's 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 practical and and uh, and, uh, and a bit on the dark side, perhaps a little bit darker than, uh, than the magazine Um And uh, so Hockley, Hockley, you know, for all of his Rosicrucian and but as you can see with his raising the devil operation, he he liked to he liked to burn his fingers occasionally. And uh, and anyway, um, uh. However, he has bequeathed us quite a legacy, and he was one of the uh, one of the people who helped uh, helped get the Golden Dawn going. Even though he passed away two years before they started, in uh, uh, I I'd strongly recommend if you want to, uh, you know, a, if you want to study him, I strongly recommend Hamel's uh, book, *The Rosicrucian Seer*, and of course, if you want to. Get into the origins of the Golden Dawn and what's behind the Golden Dawn, and our secrets of the Golden Dawn cipher manuscript by myself and my and my very esteemed colleague Robert A. Gilbert, uh, Secretary of Crowder Coronati. Uh, for those of you who are Masonically inclined, hmm. and so that just about wraps it up. And uh, next week we'll uh, be back with. Uh, with another show, uh, 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 and uh, don't quite know what it's going to be yet. But but uh, uh, those of you who are on our on our list will receive an abstract. And uh, until then, uh, good magic and uh, and take care and be well.